You know you're a mother. Let's start this morning. You know you're a mother when. Everyone knows the, there's a few statements here I've just uh, written down. You know you're a mother when. You've signed a check with a crayon. I reckon that's probably true. You know you're a mother when. You've spent five minutes in the shower and it feels like a whole day at the spa. You know you're a mother when. You wish your baby monitor had a snooze button. Yep, wish my baby monitor had a snooze button. You, fear, you can feed a family with the scraps that's left over in the back of the station wagon. You know you're a mother when you talk in third person. Mummy said no. Instead of saying, I just say no. You know you're a mother, no, you know you're a mother when your child has had two baths today and you haven't had a shower in three days. You know you're a mother when you can use a baby wipe in a hundred different ways that do not include changing a nappy. You know you're a mother when you have a shower. Instead of singing, you say things like, no, you can't get in, go watch Dora, or is anyone hurt? You know you're a mother when you go shopping all alone and you walk down the aisles of the shopping centre like you're in a museum. And these things are pretty funny. I reckon some of them are pretty, um, pretty hilarious, and I copped some from um, a few different sources. But I guess sometimes it can be tough being a mum, can't it? You know, those are funny, but some of them, mums are laughing because they kind of know it's true. Um, and and I, I look at my wife. I'm married, and I have uh, three gorgeous kids, and, uh, and they, they, they give Taz Devil a run for his money, I reckon, on a pretty regular basis. Um, but, but, yeah, they... Being a mum can be tough. I observe other mums. I observe my mum. I know the hard time I gave her. God bless her soul. Um, but, you know, and I look at my wife, and, and, she, and she does it pretty tough But um, at times, except when I help do the dishes. That's pretty rare. But, but, but I guess one of the goals for this morning, and, and doesn't even if you're a mum or you're not a mum, I want to change your perspective on your situation this morning. I want to know, I know there's some things that could be tough and, and just want to acknowledge that sometimes people have lost a mum in recent times and mums are precious, they're different to dads. Us dads can be kind of, kind of just a bit of ragamuffins kind of sometimes, us dads. And mums are special, but, and I know some people have lost a mum and it's not all joy, but, but um, or, or maybe you're a new mum, maybe you can't be a mum, but um. We're going to look at some of that stuff today, and we're going, to, we're going to let God change a bit of our perspective this morning. Our key verse, the thing, um, the thing that we're going to take from this morning is in a, in a passage uh, in Proverbs chapter 31, and there's a guy in there named King Lemuel, and he's writing a letter, and he's writing a letter about, about ladies and about mums and trying to give his son some advice, and he writes this. He said, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Well, clearly he didn't know my wife. I'm just using what I got. I got the microphone. I'm going to use it all day. She is more precious than rubies. For those of you that uh, just are rubies, yeah, whatever, we can Google that stuff. But back in these days, you understand, rubies, rubies are one of the four precious stones, you know, diamonds and, and, and I think emeralds is one of them. And rubies is one of the four precious stones. They're actually very hard, like diamonds. Think Everyone thinks, oh, diamonds are the hardest stone. Rubies are, rubies are really hard, but... In order, to, um, in order to get a ruby from this, this lump of red rock into the precious ruby that it, 
that it is that we put in a ring or rubies were often this red stone in a king's crown. You know, they, were, they were a stone that was held of high regard. And, and he's comparing these precious rubies to our mums. And I think that's pretty cool. But in order to get a ruby from this red rock to a perfect ruby fit for a king's crown, it had to go through a process. You know, I, was just, uh, I looked it up on the internet, just what they do with rubies, and they heat them to about 1,300 degrees centigrade, and that's pretty hot. Um, often they'll put some chemicals, some chemical treatment in it. They'll cut them and saw them and polish them, and, and, they'll just, and you think about this rock, and it's like, this rock is copying a hammering to take it from its rawness to where it needs to be and to where it should be. So this morning, we're going to look at four unusual things that God uses to refine us. God's put situations in our life that, that we might not think are the best, but I want to help change our perspective to say that God's using those things to make what King Lemuel says is more precious than a ruby. Before we get started, let's have a pray. God, this morning, I want to help. I want you to help us to find our destiny. God, show us something of yourself this morning. God, come and purify us. Give us a fresh perspective. God, point us to Jesus because when we see Jesus, we'll never be the same again. Amen. So let's get started. Number one, God uses our weaknesses to purify us. I don't know about you, I get frustrated really easily. You just ask my wife, I get frustrated at my kids, I get, I get frustrated at the house, I get frustrated at myself, heaven forbid I get frustrated at my wife. But it's, it's, it definitely is a weakness for me because my frustration escalates, my frustration can constantly be sitting in me and it's, it's not always healthy. But it's a weakness. It's something that I, something that I admit is, is a weakness. Um, we all have weaknesses. Don't look at the person next to you and say, especially if you're married, don't say, hey, yeah, you've got weaknesses. No, no <laughs> that's, not, that's not why we're here this morning. Um, and in the Bible, Paul says to this in 2 Corinthians, Paul is a guy who wrote a lot of the New Testament. He wrote to the Corinthians and says, even though I've received much wonderful revelations from God... So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. So this thorn in his flesh that he's talking about, this is his weakness. Whatever that is for you, this is your weakness. So translate that to, even though I, Peter, have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, Peter was given a weakness, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, God uses our weaknesses to show others himself. God uses our weaknesses to show others that he's working in our lives. For me, 
if, if you were to, to travel with me and have a relationship and get to know me over a while, you'll see that I'm changing. If my wife says, baby, you get frustrated easy, I'm like, you never knew me as a teenager. Teenage guys, and typically um, nowadays, and, and you know, I can only comment on nowadays because that's when I'm around, but a lot, oh man, I was angry as a teenager. Angry. Dad's like, look, at, give me the look. What's wrong with you? But you see that people change. And to say, oh, I did it, that's what Paul's saying about being proud. But you see, in my weakness, I say, God, change me. I follow Jesus, and my life becomes an example of the God and the Christ that I follow. Does that make sense? Good, because if I'm losing you, someone let me know. That's not the point. The next thing that God uses to help purify us is our fears. Who's afraid of something? I know my kids are afraid of the dark sometimes. It's pretty funny. I've got to leave my light on um, just, so, just so the kids don't get, get scared. Um, people often ask me, what's your, what's your fear? What's your fear then if you're, if you're not afraid, if you don't seem afraid? Don't confuse confidence with, being, with not being afraid. Being confident in Christ should, should just be overflowing, coming out of your fear. My, my biggest fear is dying, not having lived the best life that God has for me. It's just something I think about. and so That's what I'm afraid of. What's your fear? Don't you steal mine, by the way. What's yours? That's the, that's the thing. This is, this is conceptual stuff. This is stuff you're going you're gonna to have to work on. And I encourage you to take notes because you're going to have to write down this stuff and go away. I gave my wife, I said, babe, I was going to try and get her up here, but she chickened out. And, and that's fine. Everyone has different gifts. And she's like, but what am I speaking? And I'm like, well, what about your weaknesses, babe? She goes, well, I don't have any. And I'm like, she does, just to let you know. Um, what about your fears, babe? And she's like, yeah, that's really good. Let me think about that. And she did. She had, she, but, um, and she came up with some stuff, but she had to think about it and encourage you guys. Don't leave here. Oh, yeah, good message. Young preacher can do with some... Uh, some upskilling, but that's all right. That's not the point. Guys, I want you to write some stuff down. Remember this stuff. What are my weaknesses? What are my fears? God uses our uncertainties to purify us. Are you afraid of the future? Are you afraid of how you're going to raise your kids? Are you afraid of what people... If you care about what people think about you, I encourage you to jump on our podcast and look at the series that Mark's preached recently called Alter Ego. If you're afraid of people... I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm going to make you sweat. You can, you can look it up because some really good stuff come up recently. God uses their insecurities to build trust in us. In God's economy, God decreases security to increase trust. We decrease our security in finances. We decrease our security in, in what people say about us. We decrease our security in our how we dress or how we look or what social circles or what suburb we live in. We decrease our securities in those things in order to trust him. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah wrote this down. He said, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. If we trust God with our future, not ourselves, 
doesn't that bring us security? If you trusted in a God that said, I know exact, I have a plan for you. For the future, that everything will work out to not abandon you and to give you the future that you hope for. It may not look like the Mercedes-Benz that we're praying for, but we're going to get to that a bit later. The next thing that God uses to purify us are our burdens. These are the the things that kind of don't look like going away. These are the things we carry around on our shoulders. We think it's our problem, not God's. Maybe one of your burdens is difficult children. Maybe you're like, man, I look at my friend and their kids are like angels and my kids are like, give Taz Devil a run for its money. You know, <laughs> he's got a difficult child. Maybe your burden is infertility and you can't have children. I've got, I've got friends like that. Struggling, praying, praying like you wouldn't believe. Maybe it's a burden that God's given you to carry. Financial difficulties. Maybe money's just not your thing. Maybe you're not in a really strong financial position for any number of reasons. Maybe you have children and you just want a career. Maybe you're a career-orientated person, but you, you want to have kids as well. And you're like, man, I just can't wait to get back to work. Maybe you've got difficult children and you can't wait to get back to work. Maybe that's the situation. I'm not sure. Maybe you have a disabled child. You're like, man, why didn't God... Peter wrote this to the church, and he said, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. You see, with our burdens... The idea is not for us just to, to carry these things. Jesus says, if you have a burden, come to me. You, you who are weary and burdened, come to me. My yoke is easy. He said, when we give that burden to Jesus, then it becomes easy because we put our faith in him. We put our faith in his plans that we read about earlier. We put our faith in he's going to use our weakness for the things that are better. People, I've, I've heard it preached from the platform before. God's never going to give you more than you can bear. I have some bad news. That's a lie. People misquote the scripture that says God will never give you, will never tempt you with more than you can bear. Significant difference. God will never tempt us to do something wrong more than we can bear because God cannot create sin. But God will give us more than we can bear. That's tough to swallow sometimes, hey? My life first. Mark makes fun of me because I couldn't remember my life first. I do remember my life first. My life first is Genesis chapter 18, 14. And there's a lady named Sarah in there. And God said, your descendants will be like the, the sand on the beach. And she's 100. Her husband's 100. They haven't had kids. She laughs, literally the Bible quotes, she laughed in the face of God. And God turned around and said, is, is anything too hard for me? And I love that. We give our burdens to God and God says, mate, nothing's too hard for me to take care of. Nothing. 
The fourth thing God uses to purify us is our sacrifices. Maybe we're called to sacrifice something. Maybe it is sacrificing a career. Maybe it's sacrificing sleep. If you haven't sacrificed sleep, it's probably because your kid's only a month old. Trust me, when I've got three, you've got to sacrifice some sleep along the way. Maybe you sacrifice a clean car. That one's for me. I don't know about you. Sacrifice a clean car. Maybe you sacrifice some of your goals in life. Maybe some of your personal goals. My wife wants to go to India one day to do a mission trip, but I'm like, we were just about to start having kids, and we are kind of like, do we want to hold off for a couple of years and, and um, go to India and do a mission trip? And, and she's like, no, nah, I want kids more. But, you know, she hears, she hears stories about India and, and sees kids going, like, in India and mission trips, and she's like, you can, she just, her eyes are glued to the TV, you know. Well, she perks up when she starts hearing a story because you know that it's something she wants to do. Maybe you sacrifice warm coffee or a cup of tea in the morning. It's not till 10 o'clock where you get to that coffee or that tea because it's gone cold. Maybe you sacrifice time. Maybe you've got a group of friends you'd love to hang out with all the time, but it's just like, man, you've got the, the, the Tassie Devils in tow and they're just going to ruin the cafe and ruin your social life. And sacrifice is about giving up something good to become something better. Sacrificing all those things to become the best mum you possibly can. Philippians, Paul wrote a little passage to some guys in Philippians about sacrifice. He said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I have discarded everything else. See, in our burdens, and our sacrifice, and our weakness, and our fear, when we come back to Jesus, we end up walking with him through the tough times. And when we're with a God that loves us no matter what, it grows us. It grows us in our situation and we change our perspective on life. You see, one of the things I've been learning, and this has just been hitting, hitting uh, just working over me in all the different situations in my life, is that my experience doesn't shape my theology. My theology shapes my experience. You see, theology is simply what we understand of God. And what people say is, you know, I've got a difficult child or I've got a bad financial situation or I fear this in life, therefore God must be this. God doesn't care. What I'm going to challenge you with is, no, I know God has something better for me, therefore I'm going through something tough. My understanding of God tells me about my life, not what my limited understanding of God, it doesn't shape my perspective on God. If you're struggling with something, I want to challenge you with this. Maybe, maybe if, if all you can see in your future, if we, you know, we, read it, we were seeing it in that song that God lift my eyes above the waves. If all we can see is the waves and the storms, then maybe those problems in your life are bigger to you than God is in your life. 
if you understand that God is the biggest thing and the most powerful thing and he's going to bring you everything you need, then that becomes the biggest thing in your life. And the storms and the waves pale into significance when going through hard times. See, when we have tough times in life and we ask God to get rid of them, God, I've got this fear. I want you to just get rid of that fear. God, I'm weak. Help me to fix that problem. God, what about my children? Why won't they just behave? Why won't they eat their dinner? God, I'm so tired. Give me some sleep. The amount of times Kelly and I have prayed for sleep and it doesn't come, you're just like, is God even real? But but I was talking to a friend about a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, and he, and he was I saying, yeah, you know, when God answers prayer, and he goes, and I love this, and I'm going to take this, I'm going to steal it, and he said, God answers our prayers in two ways. Yes is one of them. God, give me some sleep. Wake up at 9 a.m. Where are the kids? Are they dead? Oh, no. God answered my prayer. Hallelujah. God, can my kids not destroy the cafe? We walk out of there. In one piece. Hallelujah. The second way God answers that prayer is, I've got something better in mind. In your weakness, in your fear, in your burdens, in, in, in your sacrifice, whatever it is, the plan is for something better for your life. Because if whatever it is you're going through is pointing you towards God and a relationship with Him, and when you start to th- see things as God sees things, You'll do things as God says to do them. Because God says, I just want you to trust me with that. I'm going to fix that in your life, not you. I've given you that so you trust me and that you relate to me and you talk to me. And, not, and talking's not, hey, God, help me with this. It's God, what are you saying and what do you want me to do? And then you stop and then you listen. Talking to God's not a monologue. It's not always a one-way, one-way conversation. It's often two. I uh, shared this little story with our team leaders this morning, um, and I'll share it with you uh, now. About, well, I went to Bible college uh, a few years back. It was a, uh, a long time ago now, actually. And uh, we had the, my favorite, and, off, and amongst the students, one of our favorite lecturers was a guy named Ray Andrews. And uh, this is not a joke. He was an Irish psychologist. Um, the funniest bloke you ever heard is, and when I tell the story, you imagine everything in Irish. It, it sounds funnier. Okay, just just do that for me, please. Um, but but he was telling this story, but he was preaching one day, and and he got down, and this little old lady came up to him, and she said, "Ray," she goes, "Every night I pray to God. Every night I say, God, and and I pray, and I give Him everything from my day. I give Him all my problems." He goes, "No, you don't." You can imagine that, right? No, you don't, or whatever, however the Irish say it. So, but, but Ray, I do, she said. I do, Ray, every night, on my knees, little old of my Bible on my bed, hands together. God, God, here's my problems. Here's everything I've done. I want you to, I want you to take my sins. I don't believe you, he says to this little old lady. And she's a bit taken aback by now. But Ray, I do, I do, Ray. Listen, every night I pray to God, I pray that that he's going to take this stuff away from me. He goes, you're lying to me. She can't believe it. What do you mean, preacher? You can't tell me I'm lying. You don't know. I'm I'm telling you I did. He goes, "Do, do you play a game with God? Don't you trust God? 
At night, you give him your burdens and your problems. And in the morning, he gives them back. And at night, you give them to God. And in the morning, he gives them back. And at night, you give them to God. And in the morning, he gives them back. Is When you give them to God, aren't they God's? And our, our situation is that when God has it under control, it's God's for, for good. We give it to God, and he takes care of it. He, he's got it under control. Our perspective is that God's given us this stuff for a reason, and it's to purify us. Because when we learn to have faith in God, no matter what the situation, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a train coming the other way. There's, we're moving forward with God in relationship because God says, I have the best plan for you. God promises I have a plan. He's going to hold to that promise. God's promises are our potential. When God says, I'm going to look after you, when God says, I'm going to turn your weakness into strength, when God says, I want you to give my burden, I want you to give your burdens to me because my yoke is easy, those are God's promises to us, and they will help us to lead a life full of potential, living for Him. We're just going to watch a quick video now if you're listening on podcast, YouTube, a video called Falling Plates, and we're just going to watch that now. You. Look at your eyes. Look at them. Speckled. Colorful. Each one unique. And I created every one of them. I created everything. The universe. And you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure. Complex. And every day. Trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, you were slowly dying. So you looked for other things. To fill the void.
but I never sinned. I came to save you. You have so many sins, and they have a cost. Someone has to die. You or me. So I took on your sin. in God's hands. We leave some burdens here tied to Jesus. We take our fears about whatever is we're afraid of in life. And we say, God, I might be afraid, but I'm going to go through it walking with you. God, how about you carry my burdens? God, I'm going to sacrifice some stuff here, and I want, to, I want you to change me. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't really know what this means, but I think that sounds good. I want to give you an opportunity now to, to pray for that and just to say that, you know what, I want to follow Jesus because I've got some stuff that I need to leave behind. And if you want to start following Jesus, that would be really cool. I'm going to look around and just want you to put your hand up and uh, I'll see it and then we'll pray all together at the end. I'm not going to embarrass you in any, in any way. But just put your hand up. and uh, So we'll do that now. So I'm just going to look around. If you want to start following Jesus, if you're thinking, God, I need you to purify my situation. God, I'm sick of carrying stuff that I'm carrying. God, I want a new life. I need a new life. I want you to put your hand up now and just say, God, I'm going to commit to following you. Maybe you need God to change your perspective. Okay, no one, no one made that decision, but what we're going to do is we're going to pray anyway. I'm going to pray for you guys. We're going to pray together. I'm going to pray for one another. God, thank you that uh, everything we have in life, you can take care of. God, when I ask that your Holy Spirit refresh our hearts, God, that uh, you give us a fresh perspective on, on what it is that we're going through, the hard times we're going through. God, help us to give us these things that you can take them from us because we know that, God, you have something better in mind for us. You have a life 
living free of, of burdens, that's your plan for us, God. And we want to ask that you take that from us. God, thank you so much for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us to take those things. God, may we honour and support and love our mums today and be Jesus to our mums. Amen. What's the coffee today, Neil? Nicaraguan Diamond. I have Dominican Republic at home. It's yummy. So I hope it's as good as that. Enjoy your coffee this morning, guys. Say hello to someone uh, you don't know and um, give a mum a hug. Have a nice day. Have a nice week.